Good morning and welcome. Good morning. And the Lord be with you. In grace and peace to us all, in the name of Christ our Lord, who leads us closer to the cross of Christ, where we see God's glory revealed, where we see the death of God's love for each of us. It is a joy to be with you to share in that good news as we worship this morning. We especially welcome those who may be visiting, our guests who are with us. We thank you. You bless us with your presence. As we pray, this is a blessed time for us all as we worship God together. As we prepare for worship, we also remember the work to which God calls us. We shared in some of that work yesterday morning at the Uptown Ministry Center as we shared in the ministries of the Food Bank and Clothes Closet. I thank Jim Roberts for the numbers he provides after those events. Uh, by way of the food bank, we served 108 families. We packed 160 boxes and served a total of 362 people in regard to the clothes closet. There were 82 families uh, who shopped for clothes, uh, 241 total persons who were served. We had uh, volunteers from Magna Vista Beta, also from Bassett Beta, uh, along with church members, volunteers participating. We are grateful for your sharing in that ministry serving Christ as we serve those in need in this community and look forward to that ministry taking place again the third Saturday of April. As we move into the season, deeper into the season of Lent, remember the study opportunities before us, especially uh, Tuesday evening at 645. That will be our final session of our Lenten study as we speak to the scripture that is before us for that particular Tuesday. Again, remembering the invitation to share in the discipline of reading scripture as we find it in our bulletins and also in the Lenten devotional booklet that we have received. Remember, following this time of worship, the Easter egg hunt will take place in the Uptown Ministry Center. That is at 1230. Uh, all are invited uh, to share in that Easter egg hunt. Again, that will be 1230 in the Uptown Ministry Center. <coughs> Remember the Seniors Unlimited Lunch on Wednesday. And finally, I've been, enjoyed being a part of a Lenten luncheon and service each Tuesday during the season of Lent, we will have that final Lenten lunch and service this Tuesday. We are the host church, so that will take place in our fellowship hall downstairs with lunch served, one full lunch being provided by those here at the church at noon, and around 12.30 a service of worship will be led. Uh, Father Nick Hall from the Christ Episcopal Church will be the speaker, so I'm hoping we will have a wonderful display of hospitality and participation in that service. Tuesday at noon. And remember as well, next Sunday, Palm Sunday, leads us into Holy Week, so we will have services here on Thursday evening at 7 o'clock, here on Good Friday evening at 7 o'clock, and the crosswalk between here and Western Memorial will begin here at noon on Good Friday. As we worship this morning, we hear Jesus speak of the glory of God revealed in his death, the scripture before us from John chapter 12. I look forward to sharing in that worship with you and also to sharing in the celebration of baptism of Evelyn Claire Klingeman as part of our worship as well. We prepare to worship God together.
I invite us to stand. Our call to worship is before us. Let us worship God who has done great things. Let us worship God who has caused streams of mercy to flow in the wasteland. We are the people God has formed We worship Him and we rejoice. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. We praise God for the grace that has saved us. Hallelujah. We rejoice. We sing, O for a thousand. season of Lent, we have been especially mindful of the call to be humble, the call for self-denial, 
the call for repentance, the call to be honest about our sinfulness and to confess those sins, trusting in the grace and mercy of God. With that attitude of faith, we approach God now as we share in the prayer of confession as found before us. Having offered to these words of prayer, we also receive the good news that God forgives us. Let us pray. Love that knows no boundaries, we crowd our lives with so much activity that it is hard to find time for you. We become so focused on ourselves that we can overlook those around us who are searching for hope. We fill our spiritual emptiness with junk rather than feasting on your word. Abundant mercy, forgive us. Open our eyes that we may see your new covenant written in plain sight in our hearts. Open our hearts that we may join you in serving the broken of the world. Open our love so we may pour it out as abundantly and graciously as your love is given to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And hear this good news that God's love for us is so great that while we were yet sinners, he gave his own son to die for us. That proves God's love to us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. We prepare to hear the word of God, first as it comes to us from Jeremiah chapter 31. Words of promise, which God speaks. Words of promise fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, you are a God who makes to us promises. You are a God who keeps your promises. You are a God whose every word is fulfilled in Christ our Lord. We pray in the name of this one who fulfills your word. The word became flesh, the word dwelling with us. Amen. <coughs> Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it upon their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This is the word of our Lord.
wish to invite our children to come forward. We share now in our children's time after that wonderful anthem. Thank you. Thank you all. We are so blessed. With our okay. Wonderful. Blessed in so many ways. Plenty of time, plenty of room. I hope you all are well this morning. Are we doing well? Good, good. I want to hear that. So how could we not be doing well? This is a beautiful day, even though it's a little dreary, but springtime's getting closer. We're here in this beautiful place of worship with wonderful people, wonderful musical leadership. We are blessed to be here in the presence of God. And we are especially blessed to be with those whom we know as family. I'm going to speak of the family of God, and I'm going to ask some of you to tell me about your family. Just tell me brothers, sisters, cousins, mom, dad. Tell me something about your family. Yes. Would this be Evelyn Clare, your very cute little sister? She is very cute. Anyone else? Okay. Your cousin Reed? Okay, wonderful. Nice cousin. Yes. Okay. Which one's older? Okay. Well, this is wonderful. We could talk about family all day, couldn't we? Well, we will continue the conversation, but the reason I want to speak about family is we have a new person joining the family today, and that is Evelyn Clare. We talk about this being the family of God, and the way we become a part of that family, or one of the ways, a very special way we become part of that family is, anyone know? Through the waters of baptism. I'm going to try not to splash anyone here, but I just love these waters of baptism, and it's a special way for us to know that with these waters of baptism, we become part of the family of God. Because as Evelyn Clare receives these waters of baptism, her parents will make some significant promises as far as raising uh, Evelyn Clare within this family of faith. And not just the parents, but all of us. Because we are all given opportunity as this family of God to remember that we are all gathered within the waters of baptism. We all are given opportunity to profess our faith in Jesus Christ belief in his church, belief in life everlasting, belief in serving one another. And that's just a wonderful thing in which we're all gathered. So while this is a very special day in particular for Evelyn Clare and her family, it's a special day for us all because we get to remember again that we are joined within the family of God, knowing God as Father, and knowing that we all share in these waters of baptism. So I love to hear about your family. It sounds like we have some special families And it's a joy to know that God is adding to this family as we share together as brothers and sisters in Christ in this time of worship. As we do that, I'm going to ask us to pray. Will you? I'll say some words of prayer and ask you to repeat after me, okay? Let us pray. We thank you, God, that you love us, that you bring us 
to this church as part of your family. We thank you for Evelyn Clare, for our families, for this opportunity to remember, and for our baptism. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, children. Thank you so much. We stand as we sing, Blessed Assurance. Verses 20 through 33, we hear the word of God. 
Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew went with Philip, and they told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. For this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing by heard it and said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show by what death he was to die. This is the word of our Lord. I recall those experiences in which I received the call from the funeral home early in the week. A member of the church in the past day or so has died, they tell me. The director of the funeral home asks if I am available to lead the funeral service Friday afternoon. I assure the director I am. Friday is usually my day off, but I have never believed a funeral service to be a service to negotiate. I do not know well the one who has died. The funeral director gives me contact information regarding family. Before Friday, I will speak with family members about their loved one, may speak with those in the church who knew the deceased, I will speak with persons in the church regarding musical selections, musical accompaniment. Based on conversation with loved ones, I will prepare remarks for the funeral. I will also select words of scripture appropriate to the service. Drawing from the witness of the Christian faith for this service of worship, this service which is witness to resurrection. I will put together an order of worship, shape the service according to worship materials found within both the United Methodist Hymnal and the United Methodist Book of Worship. As I do so, I will note the order for this service is named a service of death and resurrection. As I do this, I will remember the words of a pastor and professor from my days in seminary. The pastor, professor named Bill Russell said to me once, if you ever get to the point in ministry at which you are not moved by presiding over a funeral, it may be time to leave the ministry. 
I have not known such an experience, in fact, quite the opposite. I find myself moved even by those services or lack thereof in which I am not involved. You see, it was a couple of months ago, the mother-in-law of one of my brothers died in Harrisonburg. So I went online, found the Harrisonburg newspaper, looked for funeral arrangements. Practically speaking, there were none. Now, this may not be totally accurate. I did read of a time of visitation for the family, but I read nothing of a service at the church or at a funeral home. I found no information telling of a memorial service. Again, just a time of visitation. Though I did not know this member of the family well, I knew her to claim the Christian faith. I was there in the church when her daughter married my brother. So the absence of any ritual, any service on the occasion of her death strikes me as terribly sad. It's true I know nothing about the factors leading to this decision to have no service regarding the death of this woman. Were I to know reasons the decision for no services was made that may help my understanding alleviate my sadness, still I don't understand and I find the lack of some type of service on the occasion of this death to be terribly sad. You see, the witness of the Christian faith is this. The experience of death is also time to worship and know the experience of God. The Christian faith is not silent in response to death. The Christian faith has witness to offer at death. The Christian faith, even at death, especially in death, is called to proclaim, brothers and sisters, this is not the final word. Whether we live, whether we die, we belong to the Lord. Neither life nor death nor anything else can separate us from the love of God made real to us in Christ Jesus. This service in which we acknowledge the death of a loved one, this service in which we remember the life of this loved one, is also the service in which we witness to the good news unique to the Christian faith. We are a people witnessing to resurrection. We are a people of eternal life. My brother's mother-in-law recently died. No opportunity was given to proclaim this good news, this life-saving news. Now, I know it's not easy for us, even as people of faith, to find our voice when a loved one dies. It's not easy to witness when we experience loss. We know the language we speak is not always language telling us someone has died, and instead it is language telling us someone has passed on or a loved one has passed away, a friend has gone home, a relative has gone to glory, a loved one has claimed the promise of resurrection. Now hear me when I say nothing is wrong with any of this language acknowledging someone is with us no more. Still, I notice the witness of Scripture is direct. When speaking to the truth that we die, the truth that life as we now know it comes to an end, yet Scripture is just as clear. In witnessing to the truth, our death is not an experience without hope. It is now and always witness to resurrection. 
It is experience in which the fullness of the glory of God is revealed. I remember the conversation I shared with a couple from a church in an urban section of Richmond. The conversation, oddly enough, or perhaps fittingly enough, followed a funeral, followed the service of witness to resurrection. I had assisted in the funeral, so this husband and wife, recognizing me as a Christian pastor, were eager to share their witness with me. Their witness was this. They had long been members of a church that had recently found itself sitting at an urban inner-city setting in Richmond near the VA hospital. This had not always been an inner-city setting of ministry. The couple, though not elderly, remembered when the church had served a quiet, peaceful, residential neighborhood. Those living in the neighborhood had found it easy to walk to church. The church was well-esteemed within the community. The church was seen as central to the life of this community, rightly known as a place of welcome and worship and hospitality and service. But in time, the makeup of this part of Richmond changed. White flight took many residents of the neighborhood, many members of this church to the suburbs. The vitality of this church began to decline. Resources in terms of volunteers and budgets declined, adversely impacting programs for youth and children. The staff the church had long supported could be supported no more. And this church, once seen as something of the heartbeat of this community, was now a heartbeat declining. So the leadership of this church faced unwanted and difficult conversation. One particular conversation was a conversation initiated by a larger church. This church, offering an abundance of ministries and services to the Richmond metropolitan area, had approached the smaller church in which this couple was active. The reason the larger church had approached this church was to propose this. The larger church, having abundant resources and leadership, would purchase the properties of the smaller church and use these properties and resources to expand its ministries. This couple spoke of how shocked they were at such a suggestion. They spoke of how they resisted the idea, how unthinkable it was. They were not alone. Other members of the church responded in similar fashion. Nevertheless, the larger church continued to initiate conversation regarding the purchase of properties and resources of the smaller church. And as the smaller church saw itself in a decline that would turn around no time soon, it felt we have to listen. So they listened to details regarding the vision of this larger church. They listened to ministries and visions, listened to small-term, mid-range, long-term goals. They listened to time frames proposed. The members of the smaller church then talked among themselves. Leadership met. House meetings were convened. Dinner meetings were held. And many of these members began to find appeal in the proposal began to understand the logic behind the idea. It's not to say everyone in the church was of the same mind about the idea of, practically speaking, 
ending the life of their church, ending their relationships with this church. There were those of good faith arguing to continue the church and its ministries and its presence in the community. So conversations continued within the membership of the church for many months. Conversations continued until those within the church realized we cannot talk about this anymore. A decision needs to be made. So the evening appointed for the decision arrived. Leadership gathered at the church. They know at the beginning of this evening, as they have this conversation and reach a conclusion, either they will continue their life as a church, remaining in the inner city setting, much changed from the days of its greatest vitality, or they will accept the offer to entrust their properties and resources to the care of another church, meaning they would exist as the church they had known and loved no longer. The couple told me as they gathered at the church that evening, you know it felt odd, surprising even, but as we met, no one really felt anxious. No one was worried. We talked with one another, shared stories, shared memories, even laughed. We then knew we needed to make final our decision. So the wife spoke of how everyone gathered for prayer. She spoke of many persons offering words of prayer, and they prayed calmly, they prayed at peace, they prayed for themselves and all in their church, they prayed for those in the larger church. When it came time to make our decision official, she said, there was no disagreement. We were all of one voice. And every one of us went home at peace. We knew we had made the right decision to accept the offer of the larger church. You see, she told me, we knew that the only way we as that inner city church had any future was to die to ourselves, to give ourselves over to the larger church. We knew the only way we would experience any life was to trust what had once belonged to us into the hands of someone else. We knew the only way we could live into God's future was to say no to life as we had recently known it so that we may experience new and abundant life. Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat <coughs> falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus says, I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all to myself. Father, glorify thy name. In the Gospel of John, the cross and the crown are one. The death of Jesus, 
is no accident. The death of Jesus is no obstacle. In the death of Jesus, the life-saving and life-giving way of God is revealed. In the cross of Christ, the glory of God is revealed. In the death of Christ is the promise of life everlasting. In the death of Christ, where waters of baptism and blood of the Lord's Supper pour from his side, there is witness to resurrection. There are followers of Jesus who believed these words of Jesus. There are those who shape their lives according to these words. These who believe, who give their lives according to the words of Jesus, reveal the fullness of the glory of God. They witness to resurrection. as we witness the resurrection, as we share now in the baptism of Evelyn Claire King, I'll invite Evelyn, Justin and Sarah to come forward and other family who would like to join us as well. And we, as the family of God, share in this sacrament the celebration of baptism. We find the order projected before us. We also find uh, the responses before us. Beginning on page 39 in our hymnals, we begin with song. July 13, 2017. So, Evelyn, we are grateful to have you and family with us. <coughs> Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift, offered to us without price. Justin and Sarah, I will ask, and you have the order with you if you'd like to follow along or share that with family. 
On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Will you nurture Evelyn in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? And do you, as Christ's body, the Church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround Evelyn with a community of love and that she may grow in her service to others. We will pray for her that she may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And the water of baptism is before us. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and the one who receives it, to wash away her sin and clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, 
to dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, with you and the Holy Spirit, raised and reigns forever. Good morning, Evelyn. You're beautiful this morning. And we've got some water. I know the choir is beautiful, too. So. May I? Yes, look at you. You're so pretty. And look at your family here. They're glasses. I know. They're Evelyn, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Now it is our joy to welcome our new sister in Christ, who baptizes and appropriated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a member of the family of Christ. Members of the household of God, I command Evelyn to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith, confirm her hope, and perfect her in love. We give thanks for all that God has And as they do so, our choir will continue the song they began earlier.
<laughs> Wonderful timing. Wonderful timing. The God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. We welcome Evelyn, and uh, remembering she's the granddaughter here, Laura Elkins, our Learning Center Director, and Sarah and Justin. It's a joy to celebrate. Congratulations. I believe we share in the passing of the peace. Am I correct there? Let us welcome one another as we share in the passing of the peace of Christ. Our ushers will come forward. We worship God as we receive his tithes and our offerings. I'll invite our ushers to come forward. pray. Lord, we know again the life that is your gift to us. We see your glory revealed, and we are blessed as you entrust us with all that belongs to you. As we return a portion of this unto you, use this to your glory, that the gospel of Christ may be proclaimed. Amen.
share in a time of responsive prayer. We know it's the prayers of the people. First, I'll invite us to share the prayer for Lent preceding these prayers of the people. We find the prayer before us, recalling again the scripture we shared from the Gospel of Mark, excuse me, the Gospel of John. Let us pray. God of thundering glory and wondrous love, you lifted up Jesus Christ from the earth to draw all people to your holy name. Like grains of wheat that fall to the dust, teach us to die and so to bear much fruit, giving our lives for the sake of the gospel, following and serving Christ Jesus forever. Hear us, Lord, as we pray. For the people of this congregation, Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. Bishop Lewis, Janine Howard, Commission on the Way Forward. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, hear our prayers gathered with those of your saints, those who join us in this time of worship and pray with us as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Our closing hymn, Lead On, O King Eternal, number 580.
to us, if you believe, you see the glory of God. We believe and behold God's glory this morning, a glory that goes with us. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.